I look at hairdressers as people who are commissioned for their work. I'm going to pay you to create something for me. Yeah. Like, how do they look at hair? That is the most interesting part. That is art. That's that's art. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Listen, selling retail is only worth it if you're making money. The truth is, stocking shelves and carrying one or two brands is just not cutting it anymore. Besides, the commission payout sucks. We have partnered with Salon Interactive to take away the stress of retailing while still putting money back into the pockets of hairdressers. Salon Interactive is a free online marketplace where you can choose to sell whatever brands you love to your clients and followers. The best part is that you'll make a large commission with no overhead. Visit saloninteractive.com DTH to get started for free today. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. I have been receiving a lot of DMs lately. I've been putting up questions. I've been like, y'all, I can't think of topics anymore. Tell me what you want from me. Tell me what you want us to talk about in this podcast. What do you need? And a bunch of stuff came in. And one of the main topics was... How do I deal with fucking asshole clients? Like, to put it simply, how do I deal with a client who is so disrespectful to my time, to my pricing? One of the major ones was someone had quoted their price and the client flipped out on them for the price that was quoted. Even though this client picked this person online, even though this client saw the prices were stated, I don't know if they read them because people don't read. Um, but still had a fit and, you know, it's one of those things that no amount of coaching can prepare you for the Karens in the world, right? I think you have to decide. The Karens and the Keiths. Yeah. You have to decide (laughs) at some point, are you going to allow their insanity to upset you? You know, I see so many times a client gets pissed because they're like, oh, $100, I'm not paying that. And then we get offended. I want to point something out. And I'm probably going to upset some people, which I'm used to doing. I have a feeling, I'm making a large generalization, that the people doing this are Generation X. I know for a fact that no millennial has the nervous system capable (laughs) of confronting someone's pricing. I know for a fact. And if they do, they just look like a millennial and they're Gen X. Millennials do something different. It doesn't, well, actually, some millennials just pay it and then bitch about it later to their friends. That's me. I pay too much money. But, (laughs) or they'll go, I can't afford that. 
Right, and, which is and fine. Then, and then they like, mm, sorry, that's just out of my budget, which is also fine. But to physically get mad and insulted at someone else's price point, I can't believe you're charging that much for hair. I Highway can't believe your robbery. haircut. <laughs> if they say that, it's definitely Gen X. Yeah. <laughs> like. We love our Gen X people, but there is some, there generationally, there are very clear ways in which we handle news that we do not like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have never, ever in my life told someone that I think that their pricing is ridiculous. I would feel hum- I would feel so embarrassed. I, in fact, think when someone charges a lot of money, my first thought is, oh, it must be really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I want it and then I pay for it. And then I, I deal with my own remorse afterward. It's no one else's problem. It's my problem. But there are certain people in the world that their entitlement is just, you can smell it. Mm-hmm. And it usually smells like coffee breath when they're screaming at you about your price point. Okay, number one, if you are a hairdresser or salon owner and you have had this experience and you have gotten mad, please, the first question you have to ask yourself is, have I ever done this to someone else? Because if you have, then you can't get upset. It's just karma. If you have not done this to someone else, like me, ironically, I've never done it to anyone and no one's ever said it to me. I have had people say they can't afford it. I've never had someone tell me that it's ridiculous and they can't believe it. I also think that people talk to women and men very differently. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would ever tell me to my face because I am male, or at least it hasn't happened yet, that my pricing is ridiculous. But I think to you, Sid, because you're female, I guarantee you oh, yeah. it's happened to you. Absolutely. Right? I used to get offended until I had more self-respect and self-love. And then I was like, okay. Because the minute they get upset like that, I don't want them as a client. I don't. Yeah, bitch. Go to bed, bitch. Like, I, I can't. I can't do it because you, you are now showing me that you are not the client. You, you want your hair done by anyone, not me. And the clients that want me to do their hair, I am priceless. I'm invaluable. I don't understand the... I try to... I try to understand. Like, trying to think of, like, a situation where, like, I would feel the need to announce out loud how ridiculous something was. I have done it in situations where I feel like I was being treated badly. Like, I can't believe that you would treat a client this way. Like, I have said things like that because I, in that moment, was like, I'm shocked, right? I think some people confuse pricing with being treated a certain way. Like, I think some people think, oh my God, how dare you charge me? How dare you treat me like that? Like, it's a personal attack. But I also think hairdressers have been looked at a certain way for so long and we're living in kind of a renaissance era of what it actually means to be a hairdresser what it can mean to be a hairdresser what kind of income a hairdresser can make and should make and i think that for some people that's horrifying there's also been the client's always right and that's been taken advantage of i think it's time two things right like yes we have clients not it's the client's like never right yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's one thing to like, okay, diffuse the situation and, you know, make things right. right and be professional. And like, even if someone's upset, we don't have to be aggressive with them. But at some point, hairdressers, I need you to hear this. We have to allow people to be responsible for their own decisions, even if mm-hmm. that means it's their fault. If yeah. you do not read 
the writing on my website, when you book the appointment with me and you don't see that I am going to charge you for your cancellation or no-show, and then you get mad at me because I charged your card, and then you dispute it from your bank, and then I ban you from my business, I'm sorry for you. I don't know what to tell you. You have to be a responsible adult, and now you're hurting my business. I can't imagine if someone did that to you in your business. And I, I think that's where we have to just, we have to hold people accountable of like, no, you're hurting my money, you're hurting my finances, by being late, by not showing up. I think that people talk like that to other people when they think that it's very classist and sexist, it's racist, it's homophobic, it's whatever that person, if that person feels they hold the power in the relationship, which a lot of clients feel that way because they're the client and someone told them for most of their life that they're always right. And then someone tells them they're not. I think that can be a little jarring and if you are a woman and they think that they can yell at you because of that, or if you're a gay person or a queer person or a trans person or a black person, there's so many layers to why someone feels that they can talk to you like that. And yet none of those reasons are good enough. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to allow them in the business. You don't have to do the the service. You don't have to do any of that. And unfortunately, I think a lot of hairdressers have been trained to ju- to be service providers yeah like i'm providing and we are but at the same time no one goes up to an artist at least they shouldn't i shouldn't say no one i'm sure someone does but when i'm walking down the street in new york especially like down in the meatpacking district there's a lot of artists in the street and i'll ask how much some of their work is and some people charge a lot and some people don't charge a lot and everything's different and I've never once said, wow, that's way too expensive for this piece of crap. <laughs> You're just like, I'm not buying it. Or I love it and I will buy it for that amount of money. Like it, The cool thing about that experience for me was that every artist allowed me to make my own decision about, they didn't allow me to make the decision on the pricing. They just allowed me to make my own decision whether I was going to take it home or not. Yeah. And that's and, okay too. Like with hair, it's okay if someone chooses it thinks you're too expensive for them. That's okay. It's okay. You may, that doesn't mean you, you lower be. your prices. Because I think that's I the next thing is like, oh my God, someone said I was too expensive. Yeah, for that person. They probably you know also many- use Suave. <laughs> Do you know how many other people are in your community that you are not talking to? I think that's what we have to remember that. But also think of it just like when someone tells you that, after you just built up the nerve to switch to hourly pricing or to raise your prices exponentially. I think that person gives you the opportunity to actually step into the ownership of your choices. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that person, you never really have to own up to your changes. For example, if you raise your prices and no one questions it, easy, okay, cool, no big deal. But the day that someone questions it, that's the day you actually own it. That's the day that you say, <laughs> yeah, I raised my prices. Not only am I worth this much, I sometimes get, I don't like the charger. I know we say it and I understand it, but sometimes I'm like, I'm worth more than what I charge for hair too, yeah. right? So to me, it's that isn't like- my only worth. Yeah. So to me, it's more like, this is what I charge for my time, which is why hourly pricing makes so much sense to me. This is what I charge for my time. It's not my worth. I'm worth millions of dollars. Charge for your time. 
this is how much I'm going to charge you to take up my time, my life source. My life source. It's <laughs> I mean, true, though. Are they ever going to? I can refund your money. You cannot refund me the time that you wasted. Yeah. You can't give that back. No. So I think I think we're always undercharging. Even when we make these large leaps, we're still undercharging. The mindset, the consciousness of hairdressers should be, I'm always undercharging. should always grow. Not, okay, I finally am at a price point where I feel this is what it's worth. Like, always being in the place where, no, I need more. That's not a bad thing. It's that's not. a good that's a good thing. Well, that's desire, right? That's what we, yeah. we should be living doing. In a, that. Living in a state of desire, not a state of lack. Lack is I need more. I can't survive without more. Desire is I want more. I can survive with what I have. I want more. And I think a lot of us confuse desire with lack. Like, well, I'm okay. I don't need any more. It's like, that's, you're missing desire. Lack is, oh my God, I need more clients. I need to make money right now. Right? Like, I. And they're I taking can't... all the wrong people. Yeah, they're taking all the wrong people, making all... They're doing haircuts these, when they don't want to be. Making all these reactive choices. So lack and desire, they're very close to each other. But the consciousness behind both of them is very different. I also just think at some point, we have to remember this is our business. This is our life. We make the decisions. We decide who's going to sit in our chair. We decide who's going to make us fulfilled. Who's going to give us money. Who's going to feel safe? And I think we've been taught, I know at least my generation was taught, you're going to take everything that walks in the door. You're going to take every client that's walking by, person that's walking by you on the street. And they can say and do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And you're going to give it to them. And if they're upset, just give them a discount. Give them their money back. That's why we're burnt out. That's why we're exhausted. That's why people quit this industry. That's why we have to start, and you've said this a lot, it's about the artist, not the service provider. Bring the power back to the artist. Yeah. And I think what you say is even deeper. It's not just about switching power from beauty companies to salon owners or hairdressers. It's also about, you're using the word artist. You didn't say hairdresser. Mm -hmm. So it's also about reminding ourselves why we got into this. I think some of us got our license to make money. For sure. I mean, at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. I also think some of us got our license because we wanted something creative that could make us money. I know a lot of people. I know Kate Kent, who is one of our head coaches here. She has a master's degree in art, fine art. And she's like, everyone thinks that it was a waste of a degree. She's like, but I learned more becoming an artist. I learned more how to lead and coach and build a salon, a school learning about art than I did at the cosmetology school learning about hair. And I think that's really powerful is like art is really, if you go back to that, that that's what you want to do, then it's not your ideal client. You start looking at things as canvas. You start looking at hair as material, which is how we should look Fabric. at it. Fabrics, right? It allows you to go back to the basics of like the creative part that we do. And then when you have someone that says, I'm not paying you that much money, it's not, be they're not a client. They're not a client missed. I look at hairdressers as people who are commissioned for their work. I'm going to pay you to create something for me. Yeah. I think there are also hairdressers out there that that's not what they do. You pay them to chop off the dead ends, right? There's, It's all consciousness. That's why we're it's obsessed. Awareness. That's why we're obsessed with certain hairdressers. We're not obsessed with them because they're great hairdressers. We're obsessed with their mind and the way they think about things. With or the that they don't give hair. a fuck. 
how many hairdressers are you just like, I, I know there's some out there and I'm just like, they just don't give a fuck about anything. Like they just I love it. don't care. I love it. And I think when we think of educators, I think educators is still the wrong word because why we like them is because they're artists that have accomplished something, something could be little, could be big in our industry that we look up to. A lot of educators recently made their mark with the shag, right? We all wanted to learn how to do that. Everyone had their own little version, little tweaks. There was an art form to this haircut. And we wanted to not just learn technically the perfect angles. We wanted to get into their head. Like, how do they look at hair? That is the most interesting part. That is art. That's that's art. And I think when you start to think of yourself as a service provider and the world starts to think of you as a service provider, that's when the client's always right mentality. That's where that lives. I think that's where the respect drops off. Exactly. I'm paying you for a service. Not I'm paying for your time. There are nail artists out there that I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. The nails they do, I'm like, and you know what? They're so amazing. No one's ever going to question their pricing because mm -hmm. they're an artist. It's not a service. It's a privilege that you even get to sit down with them. That's what hairdressers have to get back to. And I know that it's not easy. And I know that life is life and bills need to be paid and money needs to be made. I get all that. I don't, I'm not trying to bypass that. I just think within life, find those moments where you can carve out that space to remember that you're an artist and to treat yourself as such. That's my thoughts on kind of getting back to basics as being an artist and not just a service. Stop thinking of yourself as a service provider. I don't. Mm -mm. I refuse. It's gross. I don't like it. It's not for me. I'm an artist. I also think until... Because this is what I hear. Well, I can find someone else that can do it just as good as you for cheaper. Yep. Yeah, you can. And I think Absolutely. that's why as hairdressers, we have to really break through this fear of charging what we should be charging because clients will do that. What if the standard everywhere in the world was $100 an hour? Like, that's our goal at DTH. I, and that's the thing. It's like the no hairdresser gets minimized. And yes, I know. I mean, yes, I know that some people are still working. They're still new with their talent. There's not like all of these things. But my point is like when someone should be charging $300 an hour and they're charging 60, they're giving away this art for free. And it's, it causes burnout and it hurts the people that are charging what they should be charging. It's just, and it hurts the people that aren't. And we all have to uprise together. We have to work together on this. We have to not put each other down. I think that's what I see too. It's like, I can't believe she's charging that. Or hairdressers are the meanest. I've never oh been God. so embarrassed of my industry. And in, in the more, because we're so involved in the industry now, like before I was involved, but I was in my own hair world, right? And I loved it. I loved being a hairdresser and I loved our community. But like the more I like get into it, I'm like, I, this industry is like mean to each other. It's heinous. Mm -hmm. And people are quitting their jobs over this. They're. It's abusive. It's catty. It's, it's awful. I mean, even the gay community. Oh, that's a is... whole different episode. <laughs> Wait, we already did that. Pride. <laughs> we talked about that in Pride episode. It's like you have this community that could actually work together and we choose to break each other down tear each other apart which i mean not everyone's perfect not everyone's gonna charge what you think but i think to kind of wrap it up and to answer that person's question that dm'd you how do you handle that 
I don't think it's about what you say. I think it's about the consciousness that you work on every day to get yourself to a place where when someone says that, you have the words. There's no script. I think it's about building yourself up to a place where when someone confronts you and says that, you can confidently respond with whatever you would like to say. But if you haven't worked on how you think about yourself in the industry and you haven't worked on your own confidence and your approach to your craft, then you're not going to have the words to say because you still deep down agree with them. And I think when someone says, oh my God, you're not worth it. I can't believe you would charge that. The only reason you get caught up is because there is a very small party that says maybe they're right. Yep. And that's why you get mad. And that's why you get mad. When that part of you has been removed or worked on or transformed and you know that they're not right, it doesn't affect you. You laugh. And the, <laughs> you laugh and, and the words come out, the ones that need to come out. So there's no script. I don't think there's, there's no right words because every attack is different and context is different, right? Every person is saying this from a different, some people are saying it because they're white and privileged and assholes. And some are saying it because they don't have the money. And now you've embarrassed them by pointing out they don't have the money to do. There's so much context. That's why everything is situational. Yeah. That's why you can't really have a script. But if you have removed your own reactivity, garbage, self-hating version of hairdressing within yourself not that it'll ever go away maybe that but it's a constant process the more you work on that the more that process will become easier that's been my experience i think that's a perfect way to end (laughs) tie it in a bow seal it with a kiss (laughs) next time on destroy the hairdresser the podcast I don't want my stuff stolen. And also, how many times have you left something in your station and when you weren't there, someone used it? And then you're fighting over your brush being missing. You're fighting over something being touched. I was the person who always used other people's shit. Always. <laughs> Everybody instantly just hates you. Right no, you know what? Everyone listening's like, oh yeah, I've done that too.